Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, October 4th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski. Again, it's just me today. Um, feeling great today, though. This is going to be an exciting show, one of our best shows we've ever had. Uh, not due to anything other than the fact that playoff baseball is back. we got NFL picks coming on later in the show. Um, this is the first show, I think, in a long time we haven't let off with football. So we're going to start with some baseball, go over the wildcard games, then I'm going to give you my playoff bracket, a couple weaknesses for each team. Um, then we'll do a little bit of basketball. Uh, and then we're going to go into our game picks for this week, a little game preview for the college football. Um, and then we got some questions and answers that uh, we want to talk about. Uh, but like I said, playoff baseball is back. This is one of the most exciting times of the year. Um, and that's just why this show is going to be amazing because I have so much passion for playoff baseball. Um, I was finally able I find find some time to really, you know, write out an outline. So this is the first show we've had in like two weeks with an outline. So it's going to be pretty good, I think. So keep listening and tune in. Um, so let's go to playoff baseball. Like we said, on Wednesday we had the wild card game in the NL. Uh, shout out to my guy Brian. He's still alive. He's still thriving somehow. Uh, even after the Cubs took the L 2-1 to one, uh, in 13 innings over the Rockies. You know, it sucks because a guy like Lester on the mound for the Cubs, he was absolutely lights out, just tearing it up. You know, he gave up the one mistake. Um, but, you know, the Cubs... They've really fallen off the past couple of weeks. You know, they they dropped that lead in the division versus the Brewers. They dropped the tie. You know, the the divisional game, the 163. Um, you know, Brian sent me a fact that they've played 47 games at the end of the wild card. At the end of their season, they've played 47 games in 49 days, which is tough. Obviously, you have to play the schedule the way you know it's stated. Um, my, I I didn't know they they actually. Beat the Brewers 11 out of 19 games, so they had the head-to-head matchup. I think they should have done that. The MLB should have done that, where uh, whoever took the head-to-head should have gotten the, the division. But obviously, that's not the rules. You have to play it how the MLB sets it up for you, um, unfortunately. Uh, but the Cubs just didn't take care of business as of late. You know, the Rockies came in there; they were ready to play, and two games in a row, somebody was celebrating on the Cubs field in Wrigley, and that's got to be really hard to watch as a Cubs fan. Uh, you know, Brian was just absolutely destroyed after the whole thing. Um, I know a couple Cubs fans, and you know, it's just it's nice to see as an Indians fan because obviously we hate the Cubs with a burning passion because of what they did to us in '16, but. You know, I feel bad. I feel bad for Brian. You know, Brian's a good kid, and I hate to see that. But uh, you know, they didn't win the games they were supposed to win. They kind of choked in the big moments, um, and it really didn't. It just seemed like the Cubs. This they weren't prepared to go into a deep playoff run. This wasn't a World Series team. They don't really have the pitching. Uh, their bullpen's not as strong as it used to be. And this lineup, you know, it's still full of big names like Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant. But you know, guys like Bryant who are pretty much hurt all year. Rizzo missed some time. His team just wasn't ready for a deep playoff run. Uh, and you can see kind of the toll that a couple deep playoff runs have played on this team. You know, I expect to see them right there at the top, though, next year. I think they're going to go out and get a big-name pitcher, somebody who can be, like, their ace. Because I guess, you know, Lester, somebody like Lester and, you know, Quintana's not been what they thought he would be. Darvish wasn't what he used to be, uh, what they thought he could be coming in. So you don't know what's going to happen uh, next year but i could see the cubs are a team that they're still they still got a good young core of players and uh, i could see them going out and getting a bullpen guy or getting a starting rotation uh, kind of fixed up a little bit more than it is but 
That's it. We don't talk about the Cubs anymore because they are knocked out, officially gone. Then we're going to go to the AL. The Yankees won yesterday 7-3. to um, you got to love playoff baseball. You know, the Cubs, that stadium was exciting. Wrigley Field was electric. But the Yankees uh, fans really brought the heat. I hate Yankees fans with a burning passion. But they, they really did bring the heat. They brought that excitement, that energy uh, that you need for playoff baseball. And, you know, shout out to the A's. Started the season lowest uh, payroll in all of sports. Didn't have a really a lot of big name guys, but as the season progressed, guys like Matt Chapman, uh, Olson, their first baseman, Chris Davis did his thing. You know, everybody stepped up and really contributed to this team and contributed to this season. But going out there, start the wild card game with a bullpen uh, guy and Hendricks. Um, I think it was clear they didn't really have the. Uh, pitching and the firepower to really bring the heat that they needed to bring to win a wild card game you know you need a guy like Severino who you know he only pitched four innings but he pitched well you need a guy like him you need a guy like uh you know Lester for the Cubs even though they lost a guy like Freeland for the Rockies you know you need that ace if you really want to win a wild card game and losing Manea like they did Manaya, uh he would have been their starter in this game, and I think that hurt them a lot. They just really didn't have the pitching to go against this lineup and beat them head-to-head one-game matchup. Anything can happen in one-game matchups, but you, it just wasn't in the cards for the A's. Uh, and it's exciting to see what happens next year for them because I think they do have a lot of a lot in store. You know, Billy Bean, we all saw Moneyball. He's not a guy who's going to go out there and spend a bunch of money, but I think it would be really helpful if they went out there and got some starting pitchers because Manea is not – he's their best p- pitcher – but he's, I don't think he's going to be ready next year for most of the year if he's going to play at all. And uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I think the A's are going to be a team to watch, though, coming up. But again, screw the A's. Screw the Cubs. They're gone. We're going to go to the playoffs now where the real playoff baseball starts. This is where it gets into it. The series. The best of five game series. It's so I love the five game. I don't know why. I think the five game is perfect for the first round because... If they made it seven games, it'd be way too long. But the five games just perfect. I love the sudden death, but again, anything can happen in a sudden death. You know, when you play a series like this, best of five, you really get the clear, you know, better team playing. And playoff baseball is interesting too because it's not just you know who was the best team in the year. Anything can happen, especially if you have a good, solid manager. Um, but we got the bracket is set. Like I said, I'm gonna go through and give my predictions for the bracket, and then we'll talk about it. Um, a little bit here and then we got our weaknesses for each team then a little bit of basketball and then we're going to move on to our game picks so let's start with the AL the AL has been set for a long time uh, we've pretty much known what's going to happen to the AL since the beginning of August maybe a little earlier earlier um, but right now we got the first uh, series we're going to talk about Red Sox Yankees it's this it's probably the best rivalry in all of baseball if not it's up there with sports um this is a really good matchup. I think these are two good teams. The the Red Sox, I think, have the head-to-head. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. So you got two kind of rookie managers and uh, Correa for the uh, Red Sox and then obviously Boone for the Yankees. Uh, he, he showed up last night, though, and he, he, pretty, he managed a pretty good game. But going head-to-head, I think the Red Sox just have way too much firepower. They have too much firepower. They have um, a good bullpen. And they have a solid starting rotation, especially top of the rotation. So I'm going Red Sox here. I think they take this series. Indians-Astros, next series. I'm rooting for the Indians with all my heart. Uh, I think this is a good series because the Astros are, you know, does this World Series hangover kind of exist? Uh, We'll be able to see that a little bit more clearly. The Indians, I think, 
are one of the most are, are probably set up the best out of any team in the playoffs. But I don't know how they're going to play because they've been so inconsistent all the year. They should have been with this lineup that they have. They should be a lot better than they are right now with this bullpen, with this starting rotation. The Indians have the best uh, playoff starting rotation uh, out of all these teams, and I think that's pretty clear. Um, but that being said, I don't know how consistent the Indians are going to be. So I'm going to go Astros here. That's not because I hate the Indians. I love the Indians with everything I have. But uh, I just don't know how consistent they're going to be. If they show up, they're going to show up, and they're going to show out, and they're going to destroy the Astros. But again, you know they've done this the last couple years where they go up in a series and, end up, and they end up losing. So we'll see what happens. But then you got if the Red Sox beat the Yankees and the Astros beat the Indians, you got Red Sox-Astros. I'm going to go Red Sox here. I think the uh, World Series hangover is going to play a toll in this. I think the Astros are just going to be gassed. They've been injured all year. I think the Red Sox will just bring this type of you know, excitement into uh, that series that the Astros just cannot bring because they're exhausted. And I'm going to go Red Sox here, making it to the World Series from the AL. In terms of the NL, it's a little bit different. we got Brewers, Rockies, Dodgers, Braves. Brewers have been kind of the team of destiny so far. You know, they were second place. Everybody was expecting them to be in the wild card. So I was expecting them to be in the wild card. The Rockies, nobody really knew if they'd make the playoffs. The Rockies probably have the best lineup, I would say, out of all these playoff teams. The pitching's not great, but neither is the Brewers starting rotation. And that's we're going to get into weaknesses in a little bit, but that's huge. You need to have a good rotation in the playoffs. You need to have guys uh, like Freeland and like Marquez that the Rockies have. The Brewers don't really have an ace. Somebody who's in a, like They're starting Woodruff in the game tonight, Brandon Woodruff, which he's 3-0. He's kind of a bullpen guy type of guy you scratch your head but they don't really have an ace there in milwaukee and i think that's going to play a factor the rockies have a little bit of playoff experience too the brewers don't that plays a huge factor as well so maybe it's a little bit of bias i'm going rockies in this series i can see the brewers taking game one though game one starts tonight it starts at five o'clock so it's about you know a little bit uh what would you say two hours here before the game starts so most of you be listening to this and scratching your head but i can see the brewers taking game one Dodgers and Braves next series. Uh, if the Indians lose, if the Indians are my AL team, because obviously I'm an Indians fan, then the Braves are my NL team. I love the Braves. I love this young, you know, core that they have with Albies. Uh, Swanson won't be playing, but you know Acuna. I like Freddie Freeman. Uh, they got Marquez, who's been playing well this season. The Dodgers, I think, are stale to me. They have a really good lineup. Puig's obviously predicting them to win the World Series, but I just don't see it. I see the Braves winning. I think the Braves will surprise a lot of people. They've surprised a lot of people this year. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people next uh, in these playoffs. Um, the Braves are going to be here for the next couple years to come, and uh, same with the Brewers, same with the Rockies, I think. Um, I think the Dodgers are slowly on the decline. Uh, I'm not sure who's starting game one. It starts at... Uh, 8 o'clock tonight, 8.30 tonight. But I'm going to go Braves in this series. So then Rockies and the Braves would play each other, two teams that really shouldn't be there. Um, and I'm going to go Braves here. So then I would go Red Sox-Braves World Series. And I'm going to choose the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are the most talented team. They've shown that all year. But, you know, as talented as they are, they do have the ability to, you know, really underperform. And that's what we'll get into next. That's a good segue to our weaknesses uh, for each team. So like I said... We got uh, eight teams, eight teams that could win it all, win the whole thing. 
but each team has its weakness. Not no team's perfect here, uh, surprisingly. So we'll go down the list. I'm gonna start with the Red Sox. I think their biggest weakness is that starting rotation. They obviously got a guy like Sale and Price, two big name guys. But the thing for me is Price scares me in the playoffs. Same with Sale. Sale kind of scares me too. Uh, he doesn't scare me in terms of, oh, it, it's terrifying that he's on the mound. He scares me the fact that I don't really see him being as dominant as he has been in the play in the regular season as he will be in the playoffs. I think him and Price could take a huge step back in the playoffs. Uh, we've seen that with David Price. The moment gets a little bit too big for him. Uh, so after And then after a guy like Price and Sale, they really have nobody. You take Price and Sale away, the starting rotation's pretty weak. And those middle relievers in, Boston's, in Boston, uh, they're also pretty weak. They got a good closer in Kimbrell, but... Other than that, this bullpen's not very strong, uh, and that's a problem. Then the Yankees, I'm going to say their their uh, weakness, if we would say, is they have talent in the bullpen. They have talent in the starting rotation. That they, could start, they have a good playoff starting rotation, and they got a really good lineup. But can they stay consistent is something that I'm worried about as a Yankees fan. They had a really good season. Uh, I think they would have won the division really anywhere if they weren't playing in the Red Sox division. Uh this team is a little inconsistent for me, though. They're young. They got a really, really inexperienced manager with Aaron Boone, who I think isn't the best manager. Of, he's probably, I think, the worst manager out of all these eight teams. You know, they're a playoff team, so that's not saying that's not saying a lot because he did get his team to the playoffs. But I think that's more importantly based on the talent that he has and they have acquired. Now we'll go to the Indians. I think that's another thing for the Indians is consistency. You know, they got the names. You know, they got the the playoff performers. They performed in the past. Can they kind of rekindle that 2016 magic? Because uh, they're still kind of underdogs. They've been to the playoffs three years in a row. Three times in a row they've won the Central. But they're kind of underdogs. People don't really view them as a powerhouse type of team just because of the division they've played in. And that's a problem. They get there, But I could see them stepping up. I love... Because you kind of had, you know, 2016, we were the underdogs. Nobody expected us to do anything, and we went, all, we made it all the way to Game Seven of the World Series. Last year, we were we were the favorites in the Yankees series, um, and I think that hurt us. I think we had a lot of a lot of uh, 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 hype around us going into the first series with the Yankees, and I think that negatively impacted us. But we we don't have that hype this year. We're not favorites. I doubt we'll be favorites in any series, and I think that's going to help them out a lot. They just need to really get their bats consistently hitting. And then this starting rotation, like I said, is the best starting rotation out of any of these teams. The Astros, their bullpen scares me, and also that that uh, World Series hangover. Can they make it all the way again to the World Series? We haven't had a team uh, repeat World Series in a long time. I don't see it happening this year, but again, it could. they could surprise me. Brewers and the Rockies, for both of them, I think it's the same issue is that rotation. Uh, I think the Rockies have a stronger rotation, uh, and I think they have a weaker bullpen than the Brewers. Um, so what the Brewers lack in starting pitching, they make up for in a huge uh, powerhouse of a bullpen. And then what the Rockies lack in bullpen, they make up a little bit the starting rotation with the two top guys uh, in Freeland and Marquez who's only 23 and he's going to step up and pitch some big pitch in some big moments. The Braves, I think their problem is their pitching and also they're very young. Hopefully the moment won't get too bright, but also you got guys like Acuña and Albies who are getting 
playoff quality playoff experience early in their career, which is going to only help them out uh, later in their careers. So if the Braves don't win this year, I could easily see them being in the same spot next year and making waves. Dodgers, for me, it's the consistency. They need to stay consistent. They got the talent. They got the names. And Kershaw's going to have to show up uh, in these big moments. But that's it for baseball. Like I said, playoff baseball is one of the most exciting things uh, in all of sports. Playoff, anything's better. Any sort of sport's better when you put the word playoff in front of it. Playoff hockey, playoff uh, baseball, playoff football, playoff uh, basketball. You know, these series, I like this series because it's interesting, you know, how you watch these teams become so high because they're up 3 nothing, and then slowly you see them mentally just break down after they lose game after game and they see that 3-0 series lead kind of slipping from them but again playoff baseball there's nothing like it it's just so electric and that's why I think having teams with guys who are veterans of the playoffs really helps out but we're going to watch these games over the weekend and I'll give you a full breakdown on each of the series and each of the uh, different things going on we're going to talk some basketball now. We're going to go to basketball. The preseason kicked off on, uh, I think, Monday. I'm not sure. But you had your guy, my guy, Carmelo Anthony, our guy, our father. Carmelo Anthony got, got his first action in a Rockets uniform. They play tonight versus the uh, Pacers. Uh, so we're going to get some more action with him. He only played... Uh, 23 minutes, so not a lot, not a ton. He did get the start, though, for everybody wondering. He did get the start, and he uh, he played pretty well. 13 points. He shot 4 for 8, 3 for 6 behind the behind the three-point line. Um, so he played well. He had a couple... He, it seemed like the continuity with uh, Chris Paul and uh, James Harden was there. Uh, it was a little lacking with James Harden. I think him and I think Chris Paul and Carmelo work together a little bit better because you know they're best friends and I think they get a lot of work together in over the offseason. Harden and him don't do that. I think they'll start to and I think they'll figure it out um, as the season progresses. But he looked good. I'm not gonna say that he uh, killed it because obviously 13 points, shooting four for eight is not amazing, but it's a solid number. And I think he established himself. Uh, again, as being one of the best, if not the best, pure scorers of all time like he is. He is an offensive spark. That's all he is. That's all he'll ever be, I think. He gives you a little bit on defense, but he just doesn't, it doesn't even compare the amount of amazingness that he brings to you on offense. He's an instant scoring threat every time he steps on that court. He shoots that three and gives you those three taps to the head, uh, that three to the head. That's we're going to talk about this because I want to do a whole segment on this. That's got to be the three-point celebrations are fun. Everybody does three-point celebrations uh, when they're playing pickup ball. Every time you make a three-point ball, you do something. You do the you know, the three, the J.R. Smith three, or he gets onto one knee. You do the bow and arrow. You do the jet, whatever. There are some good ones, but there is nothing better than Carmelo Anthony's three to the head. It's the coolest cockiest most exciting move you can do you know you, you you put those three fingers up you put your ring finger um your middle finger and your pinky up and you tap the side of your head three times just straight up showing your opponent that you are building real estate inside that little head of theirs it's just straight up mental games and that's why Carmelo Anthony is one of the best pure scorers of all time uh just because of that and I know that's crazy but I'm telling you guys he's going to come out this year and he's going to be a top 
20 NBA player again. He's going to put himself right there in MVP contention. And I believe that with all my heart. I'm going to get some shirts made that say Carmelo Anthony for MVP. And I'm going to be the only guy in this entire sports industry, sports uh, media market that is going to make that call right now. But Carmelo Anthony is going to be a, an MVP contender, if not winner. I know it's crazy, but that's all I'm saying. So let's get into football now. We're going to start with some football talk. But again, before that, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about my guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. So let's break it down a little bit. I feel like I've been doing this ad the last couple of weeks and people just aren't understanding. So let me put you, let me go into your shoes a little bit. So you, you decide you want to get a fresh haircut. I don't know, maybe you want to impress your crush or you know, impress your girl with a fresh new haircut, you know, you want to feel your best, you got a big speech or something coming up, you got an interview, uh, you got a dance, you know, it's homecoming season's coming up, so you want to get a fresh cut. So you go to Great Clips, that's your first mistake, and you sit in the Great Clips chair, you wait a little bit, and then the, the barber calls you over, it's a, you know, it's a guy who's been there the last couple of years and just does cut after cut after cut, and just kind of gets through the day, tries to get through the day, because it's a job for him. So you sit down in the chair and you tell him what you want. He doesn't really. He just kind of goes along with it. Doesn't give you any sort of, you know, help with it. And then next thing you know, he turns you around from the mirror and he starts cutting. He goes through it as quickly as possible. And ten minutes later, he flips you around, showing you your new haircut, and it's awful. It's terrible. It's rigid. It's bad. It just looks like crap. And then next thing you know, you're walking up to the counter, you're paying $20 for this haircut, and then on top of that, you got to tip your terrible barber 5 to $7. I don't know what you tip barbers, because I don't. But now imagine this. Instead of going to Great Clips, you go to Dom's Instagram, D's Home Cuts, you look at all his little videos about all the, all the gentlemen who he's really hooked up and made them look 10 times better. And you, you, you DM him, you set up an appointment, and you go and you sit in Dom's chair. He puts on his, his little playlist, his barber's playlist, and you tell him what you want. And he gives you a little bit of a suggestion. Hey, you might want to try this. You might want to try this. You might want to try this. And you trust him. You let him go with it. He gives you a cut, and you look up, and it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And then you walk. You, he styles it for you, makes it look the way you want, tells you how to do it. And then you walk away, you give him your $7, and you walk away with a better cut. I've seen countless stories of gentlemen who have been in the position of the first guy. Go to a cheap, bar, go to a barber shop where they really don't know what they're doing. The barbers don't know what they're doing. They're just trying to get through the day. Dom puts all of his effort into every single one of his haircuts. He treats your head of hair like a god. He will make your hair look 10, 10 times better than any other barber and he'll do it at a way cheaper price than anybody. So guys, don't screw yourself. Don't don't make yourself feel unconfident. Confidence is one of the most important things as a guy and your hair become your hair is about 50% of that confidence if not even bigger. So don't sacrifice confidence, confidence. Don't sacrifice your money. Go to Dom where you will instantly increase your confidence. You will look better. Trust me, Truman and I, this is a personal account, have been getting our haircuts there for the last couple of couple months, and we have never looked or felt better. I know this is an ad, but I don't use, I will not read an ad of somebody that I don't trust. I trust Dom with my hair. I trust him to do everything that uh, 
I trust him to make me look good, and he does every single time. I've seen countless guys. Brian Leonard, we've talked about him earlier, the Cubs fan. He used to go to those barbers. One of them screwed it up. So where did he turn? He turned to Dom said, Dom, you got to fix this for me. And what did Dom do? He gave him an even better cut. And now Brian is a straight up Dom D's Home Cuts client. So trust him, guys. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. Don't screw up your, don't screw your self-confidence. Go to Dom and trust me, you will never look better. So let's get the football. Uh, NFL, what are we at? Week uh, five here, which is crazy. Um, we're going to go game by game. There's two teams on a bye this week, Chicago and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay needs this bye week to kind of figure themselves out. And the Bears are going to the bye week feeling pretty good about themselves. Up, uh, up on top of the NFC North. Won't be there long. Let's go Thursday night game, Indianapolis at New England. Those listening to us on uh, Friday, I'm sorry, but uh, we're going to pick this game. No, I'm not sorry because I don't think this is going to change. I think New England's going to win this game easily. It's at home. New England, I believe, are the favorites. They're getting Edelman back. Is Edelman back this week? I believe so. And and Josh Gordon might play a little bit more. So I think the Patriots kind of put their haters to bed. And like I said, I'm never picking against the Patriots ever again as long as I do the show, as long as the Belichick-Brady era lives on. Next game will go to Tennessee and Buffalo. Tennessee's won three straight. They've been kind of ugly wins, but they've been wins. I'd take an ugly win over a good loss any day, because there's no such thing as a good loss. Buffalo, they played their best game, I think, versus the Vikings. I think they caught a sleeping Vikings team, and I think they'll catch a sleeping Tennessee team. Buffalo needs a win. Josh Allen needs to prove again that he is a good. He's going to be the future there in Buffalo. I think Buffalo's going to get the win here, which is crazy to think. Uh... If Buffalo loses this week, I'll probably never pick them again. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to trust my guy Josh Allen to get the win. And that's no hatred on Tennessee. I like Tennessee. Mariota's just not consistent enough for me yet. Next game, New York Giants at the Carolina Panthers. I'm going Carolina here. I don't think the Giants are a good team. I think they are on the decline right now. They needed a young quarterback to kind of boost the system. They really screwed up by not taking a quarterback in the draft last year. Obviously, like a guy with a guy like Saquon Barkley just sitting there, you're going to want to uh, take him. But they really screwed it up. I think Eli Manning's on the downturn right now. I think this franchise is right there with it. So I'm going to go Carolina here. I like Cam Newton. I think he'll come in and he'll play, play pretty well and uh, they'll get the win. Miami and Cincinnati. This is two... Two teams, it's at Cincinnati, like I said, two teams who have been way better than anybody expected them to be. I know Cincinnati was Truman's team coming into this year, and he's been right pretty much the entire way. Uh, Miami is coming off an ass-kicking. They got their butts whooped in the Foxborough. Kind of got put back in their place, I guess you could say, but... I don't know yet. I'm not so, much so sure what to think of Miami. Uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati here. I think Cincinnati's the way better team. I think if Miami loses this week, people are going to people people have already put Miami, you know, away. They said they're still at the top of the division. They're 3 and 1. They're better they're they have a better record than the Patriots. They're on top of the AFC East right now. People have put put the uh, the Dolphins away. And I think that's the most dangerous place to put the Dolphins cuz I think this is a pretty good team. Uh 
I think the Patriots, they, they got a pissed off Patriots team last week. I think that was a problem. Um, and I think they took the Patriots a little bit too lightly. Um, and I don't think they'll be taking Cincinnati as lightly, but I still think Cincinnati's the more talented team. I think Cincinnati's really talented. Green Bay at Detroit. Green Bay's defense is playing pretty well over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not picking against Green Bay. They need to get the ball more to their running backs, especially Aaron Jones, who's probably one of the best uh, young running backs in the NFL. Best running back, I think, in the NFC North right now. Which is not too much of a stretch if you think about it. He just has to get more carries. And I think Mike McCarthy's heard this. And I, I trust McCarthy enough to realize they need to get the ball more to Aaron Jones. And I feel like he'll do it this week. He can surprise me. He screwed it up in the past. He screwed us over, us Packer fans over in the past. Um, you know, sometimes we think we should be running this team, Packer fans. And sometimes I think we'd be doing a better job than Mike McCarthy. He's on his hot seat. He's coaching for his job right now. It's crazy to think. Um, but I think Green Bay gets the win here, gets a really solid win here, and puts them right back on track uh, and puts them back on top of the NFC North. Ravens at Browns. So Cleveland, they had a they had a pretty – all their losses have been – they've blamed it on certain things. You know, their field goal kicker, the refs. I think Browns fans need to kind of accept that it's just we have a young team. You have a young team. Things are trying. We're trying to get things working and mesh together, um, and it's not going to be pretty. Some weeks, some weeks they're going to play better. Some weeks they're going to play worse. Uh, Baker's still a rookie. He's not going to be the savior just yet. He's not going to come in and lead your team to the Super Bowl just yet. But this week, I think is one of those weeks that Baker comes out and shows why he will be a future NFL all-star, Pro Bowl caliber type of quarterback. And I think he beats the Ravens at home. Uh, the Ravens, I think they'll catch a sleeping. I think they'll catch the, the Ravens sleeping, which will be huge. And I think the Browns will get a win here at home, which would straight up shock the NFL and revive this uh, Browns fan base who you know was so energized versus the Jets, got kicked in the stomach versus the Raiders blowing that lead. Um, but I think they'll revitalize the Browns fan base and uh, straight up put the Browns in contention for the AFC North. Jacksonville at Kansas City. This is the best defense Pat Mahomes has faced, I think will face, because I think the Jaguars are the best defense in the NFL. We got a lot of trash talk going on between both sides. Jalen Ramsey and Tyree Killer going back and forth, which I love. Tra nothing better than trash talk before a game, and Jalen Ramsey is the best at it. Uh, calling Tyreek Hill, you know, a return specialist, not a wide receiver. Um, he's not a good wide receiver. He's just a good return specialist. That's all he is. That's all he will be. And he's, there's a little bit of truth to that. I got to give him that. I love Tyreek Hill, but he's just a return guy so far. He hasn't proven it straight up as a wide receiver yet. Um, this is going to be Pat Mahomes' first uh Really, really tough test. This is going to prove to me if he is going to be a good quarterback or not. Uh, he still has a lot left to prove. A lot of people want to give him that MVP already. This is a big week for him to really prove that and cement cement a lot of people onto the uh, Pat Mahomes uh, MVP status bandwagon. I think Jacksonville gets the win here, though. I think Kansas City, uh, their, their magic the first four weeks comes to an end. I think Jacksonville will get the win. I think... Blake Bortles will come out. He realizes this is a huge game, and he'll come out and he'll he'll play his game. They won't have Leonard Fournette, I don't believe, but that doesn't matter. They've been playing without him for the last couple of weeks. 
Obviously, that hurts, but I think Jacksonville's the better team here. They have the better defense, and I think that defense will shut down that offense of Kansas City, uh, and I think the Jaguars' offense is way better than the Kansas City Chiefs' defense. Denver at the Jets. I think Denver wins here. I think the Jets are a decent team, not great. I think Darnold's uh, going to take a little bit for him to really you know, uh, become a competent quarterback. We've come a long way since uh, week one where everybody thought Darnold was going to be the next big thing. And, you know, he's regressed a little bit. But uh, when you start so high like he did, it's it's natural to have a little bit of regression. Um, and I think Denver is a good team. They lost last week. They blew a pretty big game um, in prime time. I think they come back and they're pissed and they get a win here on the road. Atlanta at Pittsburgh. Atlanta is one of those teams who they have not played their best game yet. They they just have so much talent and they just can't really put it together yet. I think they do it this week. I think Pittsburgh's just not there yet. Um, who'd they beat last week? Pittsburgh. I can't remember uh, who they beat last week. Um, but Pittsburgh, I think you know they still got a lot of drama. It's getting a little bit more cleaned up, but I just don't think they're ready to go out there and kick somebody's ass. So I think Atlanta comes out of here and wins uh, with the Rookie of the Month, Calvin Ridley. Oakland at Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I don't give any credence to the home field advantage here because Los Angeles fans are probably the worst fans in all sports. They really could give a shit less about the Chargers. It makes no sense as to why they moved them there. Well, it makes sense in terms of money, but fandom, they don't care at all. Uh, so... That, I'm not, that's not going to get any sort of uh, weight here um, in this matchup. But the Chargers are just more talented team than the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Oakland needs to put it together a little bit more for me to start picking them in games. So I'm going to go Chargers here. Minnesota at Philadelphia. This is an interesting game. Obviously, it was the NFC uh, Championship game last year. Uh, Philadelphia kicked their ass. Uh, but... Both teams have come a long way from you know that NFC Championship game. The Minnesota Vikings have dropped two straight. Philadelphia has not played well at all. They're still dealing with Wentz's injuries, still waiting for him to come back to get to full strength. He's back, but they need him at full strength. Uh, I'm going to go Minnesota here. I think Minnesota is more talented than Philadelphia right now. Uh, but this is a good game for both teams. This will be a good, solid win for, for anybody. Uh for any of these two teams. But I think Minnesota is a little bit more talented, a little more put together than Philadelphia is right now. And when Philadelphia, if whoever loses this game is going to be hurting pretty bad, people are going to write, want to write off whoever loses this game. Um, and I think that's going to be Philadelphia. Arizona at San Francisco. Arizona's 0-4. They're looking for their first win of the season. Rosen's getting the start. San Francisco's the better team, though. I think Beathard played well last week, well enough to where I'm going to give him the win this week. Uh, and it's at home, so that throws a little bit into it. Rams at Seattle. I think you have to be as crazy as all get out to pick Seattle in this game. Seattle's a mess right now. Um, could this be a trap game for the Rams? Maybe. But I think you'd have to be absolutely crazy to pick against Seattle. You know, it takes some pretty big balls here to pick Seattle because and if you're right, you'll be, you know, one of the smartest guys in the sports media industry, but it's going to take and but if you are wrong, that's just going to completely destroy your credibility. And we're young, we're a small podcast. I'm not trying to put my balls on the table yet. 
we're going to go here with the Rams. The Rams are the better team. They're most complete, solid team in the NFL, and I see no way that they lose this game uh, versus Seattle. It's at Seattle, but Seattle just isn't what it used to be. So I'm pushing all my chips with the Rams here. I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, put all my chips, all my eggs in the Seattle basket, even though that would pay off a little bit better for me if Seattle did win. I just can't take that risk right now. So I'm going to uh, go safe here and pick the Rams. Dallas at Houston, Sunday night football. This is a huge opportunity for the Houston Texans to kind of put their season back on the tra- on track a little bit more. Uh, it's a primetime game. Dallas always gets primetime games because they're America's team somehow, even though they suck. Uh, you know, I did write down, I, I make the outline, I, I write my picks down. I wrote Dallas here because I think they did put it together a little bit better last week. But you know what? If I'm playing it safe with the Rams, I'm going to go a little bit crazier and I'm going to pick the Houston Texans. I think Houston is on the rise right now. I think they're pissed off. People are kind of writing them off. Uh, people are ready to give Dallas a playoff seed already. Uh, I'm going to go Houston here. I think Dallas gets embarrassed prime time. Um, and I think, you know, people start to get a little worried about Dak Prescott here uh, as the season goes. So I'm going to go Houston here. I changed it up. Washington at New Orleans. Washington's coming off that bye week. Uh, you know, they've had a really long time to prepare because this is the Monday night game. I can see Washington coming out and surprising. I don't really know what to think of Washington yet. So I'm going to go Saints here at home. I think the Saints are putting it together a little bit better than uh, they have been the first couple of weeks. So I'm going to go Saints here at home. Uh, so that wraps it up with my game picks because that's the Monday night game. But uh going to be an interesting week five. Um, I think last week we kind of everybody was kind of put in their place a little bit. Uh, hopefully the league doesn't get shook up again like it has been the last couple of weeks and we sort of, you know, everybody, the good teams rise to the top and the bad teams again rise to the bottom or flip down to the bottom. But that's it for NFL football. We're going to talk a little bit of college football right now. Then we're going to get to question and answer in a couple segments. So college football, we got a couple big games this week. Uh, Ohio State's playing Indiana, not a big game, but this is a Hopefully they uh, take care of business at home like I think they will. But we do have two ranked teams going against each other um, with Texas at uh, number 7 Oklahoma. So 19 Texas versus number 7 Oklahoma. If it is an opportunity, if Dallas, if the Cowboys versus Houston, if that's a good opportunity for Houston to really put their season back on track. This is a huge Huge opportunity for Tom Herman and his Texas Longhorns to get back into the national spotlight by beating number seven Oklahoma at home. I don't believe that will happen. I think Kyler Murphy will absolutely destroy Texas. I think Kyler Murphy is one of the best quarterbacks in the college football scene right now. Uh, Easily top three Heisman candidate. Um, But this is a huge, huge opportunity for Texas. If Texas beats Oklahoma, they're right there in that playoff uh, conversation, which is crazy because they're ranked 19. They they had some ugly losses early on versus Maryland. But if you beat a top 10 team like Oklahoma, who has more than the capability to be a playoff national championship contender, that would be huge for Texas and Herman and his guys. So don't be surprised. I think Herman's going to come out and have these guys ready to roll, and that's going to be huge for Texas. If they beat Oklahoma, if they beat Oklahoma, I will come on the show Tuesday and completely be shocked because I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be surprising. 
Florida is playing LSU at home. Uh, this is a good game for Florida. Uh, it's another way for them to kind of get back in the national spotlight. Um, LSU is going to be playing some big games coming up. Uh, they've beaten some good teams. Uh, and this is another opportunity for them to just add to their resume. Obviously, the Alabama game is going to be the biggest game of the season for uh, LSU. But this is just another game for them to beat a ranked team. And I want to talk about it because this is like the only really ranked game uh, besides Texas and Oklahoma, which I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. Last game I kind of wanted to talk about was Kentucky at Texas A&M. Number 13, Kentucky, who was one of those teams that nobody expected to be there. Nobody expected Kentucky to be in the top 25, but they are. They're 5-0. and uh, Benny Snell is one of, if not the best, running back in the nation. Uh, he has really risen himself, put himself in a position to be known as a Heisman candidate. Um and I think this is a good opportunity for Kentucky. This is a good Texas A&M team. I know they're not ranked. They've been in and out of the top 25 the, pretty much the whole season. So this is a big opportunity for uh, Texas uh, A&M to get a good win. And this is a big opportunity for Kentucky to get a good win. Um, it's at Texas A&M, which is one of the more difficult places to play because uh, they do all those weird little chants. Uh, but this is a good opportunity for Kentucky to get a really good win uh, on their record before they start to play, you know, those big boy SEC teams. Um, but Kentucky, I'm telling you guys to watch Kentucky. I like Kentucky. Um, LSU is my SEC team based slowly on the fact that I love Joe Burrow and Coach O is the most electric coach in all of college football. Um, so LSU is my SEC team, but Kentucky's right there too. I really like Benny Snell. I think he's one of the best running backs in college football, and he'll obviously, I think, be a top draft pick up in this up, uh, this upcoming draft. But that's it for football. Um, we're going to get into some question and answers, but before that, I wanted to remind you guys about another, another little company that I like to talk about called A's Lawn Service. So we got into it a little bit with these home cuts. Let's get into it a little bit with A's Lawn Service. So, fellas, I'm going to say most about 90% of uh, our listener base is our students, uh, kids in our around high school, early college years uh, type of age. You know, we got some older listeners, but I'm going to say most of you, this will apply to everybody. And I'd say about 98% of our listener base is guys. So, this helps a little bit more, too. So, it's Thursday. Uh, but we'll take this story will take place on Friday. So Friday, you come home from school, you come home from college, you decide to come home for the weekend and you walk inside, you put your stuff down from work or school or whatever. But all you want to do is cause we're, I'd say about 90% of our listeners are from Cleveland. You want to sit and you want to watch that Indians game playoff baseball game one in the, uh, on the couch game one at the Astros, but your mom, your wife, whoever, comes into the room and says, hey, you need to go mow the lawn. You say, hey, I'm not, because the Indians game's on, I'm not turning off this Indians game to go mow the lawn. She says, you need to go mow the lawn, you need to go pull weeds, you need to go do the leaves, because leaves are starting to fall, because it's getting to be fall. Um, so what do you do? You can't, you can't say no. You're going to get yelled at. You're going to spend the whole weekend getting yelled at because you had to go mow the lawn. And eventually, you're just going to get tired of the nagging and you're just going to do it. And you're going to miss college football on Saturday, playoff baseball on Saturday, uh, 
NFL football on Sunday, playoff baseball on Sunday. It's a jam-packed weekend. This is one of the busier weekends, weeks in all of sports. So take all the heartache, take all the nagging, watch all the sports you want. Call A's Lawn Service to do that. A's Lawn Service will take care of you. My guy Andrew knows what to do. He knows how to get it done. And you'll come home and your mom will be happy. Your wife will be happy. And when those when those people are happy, the house is at peace. And you can peacefully sit down and watch as much college football, as much playoff baseball, as much NFL football as you want. So turn to A's. Trust me, your lawn your home will never look better. On top of that whole thing, your, your lawn won't look better. Your lawn... Your, if you go out there and you mow the lawn yourself, you're just going to half-ass it because you want to get inside to watch your sports. A's is going to take the pride that you should be putting in, and they're going to put it in for you, and they're going to do the best work possible. Um, it's different than bigger landscaping companies because they'll put a little bit of a more of a touch on it. They're not just doing lawn after lawn after lawn after lawn like Dom, like haircuts with Dom. They put pride in their work. They take it slow. They do a really great job, and they're pretty cheap. So go ahead and call them. The, num- the phone number is 330-241-2392. 330-241-2392. There it is again. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. So email them. Give them a call. Get an estimate. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at A's Lawn Service. Uh, a apostrophe S Lawn Service. Um, there you can find pictures of their work. If you really don't trust me, which you should because I'm not going to steer you wrong. Again, I'm not going to support a company or businesses that I don't either A, know the owners or B, trust their product. Um, A's Lawn Service, LLC. You grow it. Uh, we cut it. So go ahead and check them out. Don't waste your the most exciting weekend one of the most exciting weeks in all of sports outside mowing the lawn turn to a's and your lawn your home will never look better but let's get into some segments now all right so last week uh we didn't bring uh we didn't do any segments uh what was the last oh yeah last thursday i was freaking out because i had some exams but uh this thursday we're bringing back a couple of the segments uh we're gonna do our strange non-sports story of the week um which is interesting because when I research these things, I literally go to Google and I type in strange news stories. This headline uh, was was called The Goats at Olympic National Park. Now, first, I'm like, why are they doing sto- a sports story on, uh, why are they doing a, a story about Aaron Rodgers at the park? Huh? Made no sense. But I guess when you research it, they are actual goats, um, the animal, and, uh, they're having a really big problem at Olympic National Park because these goats keep coming up to campsites because they keep, they're like attracted to like the smell of humans or they're attracted to the smell of humans and they just keep coming up to the campsites and they're having such a problem with it. They're wild goats, not just like, you know, nice farm goats that are in a petting zoo. These are wild goats. So they've, they're doing, they're going to start this whole operation now. Where they're going to transport 375 wild goats. They're going to move them way, way too far away from the campsites, from the actual campsites, because they keep bothering these these guests, and uh, they keep coming up to them. I guess they're attracted by the smell of human sweat, which is kind of weird, kind of scary. Um, and they're going to start this huge operation in a couple of a couple of months here, where they're going to start moving these goats way far away from campsites because they keep bothering guests and they keep digging up like areas around campsites where people dump like their wastewater and stuff like that because they're just attracted to the human smell which is weird um which is a strange sports story i know it's not the best but it's a strange uh 
the thing is I don't I don't mess with goats. I don't like really messing with wild animals and these things coming up to the ha- campsite because they're attracted to our scent. It's pretty scary, pretty intimidating. We got a couple question and answer though. We got two of them. Um, stuff that people wanted me to ask, wanted me to answer. First one is, am I scared of the Astros? So being an Indians fan, people wanted to know, am I scared of the Houston Astros? No. Uh, I'll be honest, I was scared of the uh, Boston Red Sox in 2016. I was scared of the uh, the Blue Jays in 2016. I was not scared of the Yankees. Um, and we lost that series. I'm, am I scared of the Astros? I'm intimidated a little bit. You know, they did win the World Series. I think on paper they're the better team than us. They've had the better year. But then you start to think about it and you realize we have Terry Francona, the best manager uh, in these World Series, clear-cut best manager in this entire playoffs, not World Series, in this entire playoffs, he is the best manager, uh, most experienced, the best ready-to-roll manager out of any team. We have the best starting rotation. We have a better starting rotation than the Astros. We have a pretty good bullpen. We got guys like Hand, uh, Miller, um, and Allen, all of them, except Hand. Miller and Allen have had huge playoffs uh, before, have had huge playoff series. They're, they're, that's important. Um, and then you got a guy like Trevor Bauer, who's going to be added to that rotation in a little bit here, and they'll move Bieber back to the bullpen. And we have power and star power all up and down the lineup. The thing that intimidates me about the Astros is their lineup. They have a really good lineup, and they have a pretty solid bullpen. And their starting rotation is pretty good, too, with Verlander and Cole and Keuchel and stuff like that. But I think we're the better team, Um, and I think – let me take that back. We're not the better team. I think we are the more – we're the sneakiest team because I think we are are on paper the most complete team, knock on wood. We're the most complete team in this entire uh, playoffs um, but the thing is, I don't know if we'll be able to put it together. If we put it together, I'm not scared of any of these teams, but I'm scared. I'm scared at the idea that the Indians might not be able to put it together. And if we go three straight years of disappointing playoff performances, this is going to hurt. It's just going to hurt our psyche. I know Francisco Lindor's big thing this year is finish that the word finish. He wants to finish this because we've had multiple opportunities to finish out series, win a world series, and we've just blown it at the last minute. We were up 2-0 versus the Yankees. We were up 3-1 versus the, the Cubs in the freaking World Series, and we blow that. Um, so I think we want to finish this this year, um, and I think we have enough experience, enough star power to do so, but we just have to start hot. We have to get a, we have to win game one, I think. That would be huge. It's not a necessity, but it would be huge for us to do that. But uh, we're going to talk more about that on Tuesday as the races kind of progress. Our last question that we got, then we'll wrap it up here, is my thoughts on the Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup, everybody knows we got smoked. The United States got smoked by Team Europe. Um, we had a lot of fighting on the team, I guess. Kepka and Dustin Johnson were fighting. Patrick Reed was – Patrick Reed's just a really bad person, I think, and people just kind of get turned off by his personality. Um, but guys like that, Woods didn't – Tiger Woods is not a team guy. He's not somebody who's going to help out a team. He's just going to kind of – you know, he's more of an individual type of golfer, which screws us Um so all in all, we didn't really have the best team set up. We had big names, but Team Europe played well. They played together. Um, and my thoughts, you know, it sucks. Uh, obviously, it was in Europe, and the teams get to kind of set the course up the way they want uh, when it's in their home territory. Uh, guys for, 
Europe stepped up. They had a lot of rookies. Fleetwood, Molinari both stepped up and played huge matches. Uh, I watched a lot of it actually because it is a really exciting event. You got like 70,000 people watching golf, watching like a golf uh tournament live uh at there that's insane they built these huge stands uh it's a great event and we just we flat out came out flat to be honest uh the team didn't look good the players didn't look good europe it was a culmination of the fact that team usa had a lot of guys fighting they didn't really have the team atmosphere um and then you had guys like Patrick Reed, who usually play well in these events. He didn't play well at all. And then, obviously, a lot of the rookies for Team Europe stepped up in a big way. Uh, and it sucks. Um, but at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters after the end of this PGA uh, season, if you call it, um, is Tiger Woods is back. He's back to winning golf tournaments. And I'm so excited to watch him play uh, versus Mickelson on no- in November. So that's it for the question and answer. Uh, one more thing before I wrap up the show. Conor McGregor is going to be fighting Khalib. Uh, I can't remember his last name. He's Russian on Saturday. That's going to be a huge event. Conor McGregor's first uh, fight since the boxing match versus Floyd Mayweather. I think Conor McGregor is one of the most, if not the most exciting people in all of sports. He's so much fun to watch. He's such... He's so good at the mental warfare game. That that's the stuff. I'm a psychology major, so I love that type of stuff. And he's just so good at that. Um, and the guy he's fighting is dangerous, but I think McGregor's gonna win. And so that's on Saturday. That's gonna be, I think Dana White said that's one of the most like paid for, paid for pay per view type of things in the while. Uh, just because people love Conor McGregor, he's so electric. Uh, so watch that. Tune into that if you do buy it on Saturday. I'm not going to be buying it because I got more important things like playoff baseball. But that just adds to this exciting weekend coming up. But other than that, that's our show today. want to thank you to our guys. Big shout out to our guys, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We're on iTunes. Go into iTunes. Follow us. Uh, download uh, our show. Give us five stars. Rate, review us. Uh, give us five stars, like I said, and then review us. Give us a nice review. Um, and then subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. Twitter is the place. I'm not kidding you. If you want to do anything with this show, you want to be a guest, you want to send some questions in, you want some uh, comments or concerns, Twitter is the best place to put those. Um, if you have, if you have a uh, positive things to say on the show put those on that on the itunes app but again listen to us on uh itunes and then go to twitter and you know send us criticisms stuff you like stuff you didn't like uh, other than that twitter is the place to be if you want to be a guest or if you want to interact with us anyways send us on twitter you don't have to follow us our dms are always open 12 ounce listen to us tomorrow on 12 ounce from 12 to 1 12 ounce is one of the most exciting growing uh sports uh networks websites in the game today uh check them out we're so happy to be with them 12 to 1 uh those are the guys you want to be listening to and you can find us there like i said tomorrow from 12 to 1 during your lunch break other than that that's our show it was a good show today the last two weeks i do apologize i feel like i haven't really brought you know much energy or focus to the show the last couple of weeks it seems like i've been kind of going through the motions uh, today i feel like i got a little bit more of a handle on it and i hope to do that more going forward we have a big week next week we got a lot of things in the works in terms of interviews we got a couple maybe a guest on next week again a uh, new guy um, which we've we've been working out the last couple of months trying to get him on and we will get him on next week um but it's just been you know a little bit of a while, a little bit of a you know 
grind the last couple weeks, but I feel good today. It was a good show today, and I thank you for listening. Uh, and I ask that you turn, tune in on Tuesday as we try to break down all this craziness that went on in uh, playoffs, in the MLB, in football, all of it. So other than that, have a great weekend. Sit on the couch, relax, watch some playoff baseball, watch some fighting, UFC, watch some football. Other than that, have a great day and tune in on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.